Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In today's show, Bitcoin ditches the $16,000 dip as the Bank of Japan flattens the dollar. That's right. Bitcoin price action sees short-term relief as the U.S. dollar currency index falls. But Bitcoin analysts warn that Japan's move means carnage for the global markets. Now check it. Edward Snowden responded to Elon Musk regarding Elon stepping down as the head of Twitter. And Edward said, I take payments in Bitcoin. Let's freaking go. Also in today's show, crypto giant Grayscale considers selling a portion of their $10.7 billion Bitcoin trust if their ET plans fail. That's right. According to the Wall Street Journal report, Grayscale may explore alternative pathways to returning some of the Grayscale Bitcoin trust capital back to shareholders should the company's plans for a Bitcoin back ETF fall through. Now check it, quoting the Grayscale CEO, Bitcoin is for people around the world who are being directly harmed by the way that governments control their money. Also in today's show, breaking news, BlockFi files a motion to return frozen crypto to wallet users, quoting Tiffany Fong. Wow, BlockFi has already filed a motion requesting client withdrawals for assets held in BlockFi wallet accounts. So BlockFi, Thank you for moving exponentially more quickly than the Celsius network in Chapter 11. Also in today's show, Ethereum co-founder Vitalik Buterin reveals three huge opportunities for crypto in 2023. I'll be breaking these down for you. Also in today's show, the visibly shaking FTX co-founder SBF hammers out a wasted day in court as Bahamian U.S. legal team prep. For extradition, I'll be breaking down this latest saga. Also in today's show, I'll be sharing what's next for Bitcoin and Ethereum in 2023 and 2024, according to macro guru Raul Powell, quoting him right here, Bitcoin in nine months did about 300% or 400% as Ethereum did. So these were staggering gains that came out of the environment. I have always referred to it as a beach ball being kept underwater because the adoption trend is still there. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market, all this Plus so much more in today's show. Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost, a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Welcome everyone tuning in to today's live show of Crypto News Alerts pod episode number 1138. Today is December 20th, 2022. Let's dive right into today's crypto market watch. 
As you can see, we're finally pumping back in the green. Bitcoin up 1.5% for the day, trading at around $17,000. We have Ether up 3%, trading back above $1,200. Well, you can also see Binance Coin, XRP, Polkadot, Solana, and Litecoin all in the green as well. And checking out coinmarketcap.com, you can see the current crypto market cap back on the rise a little at $816 billion with about $41 billion in volume in the past 24 hours with the Bitcoin dominance back on the rise at 40% even and the Ether dominance at 18.3%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers in the past 24 hours, OKB leading the pack up 6%, trading at 23 bucks, followed by Immutable up 5%, trading at 45 cents, followed by GMX up 4%, trading just under $47. Below that, we have Kaba, Mina, and Satoshi Vision. And checking out the top 100 cryptocurrency gainers for the past week, just a sea of red with virtually nothing in the green minus XDC. It has been a bloodbath for altcoins this week, to say the least. And checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, one of my favorite indicators. Shows we're currently rated a 29 in fear, same as yesterday, last week a 27, and last month a 24 in extreme fear. So there you have it. And isn't it wild to see we have been stuck in greed, or I should say fear and extreme fear for the bulk of this entire year. So I cannot wait for 2022 to be gone and past us. With that being shared, now let's dive into our Bitcoin technical analysis and check out the charts of what's happening in the market. Bitcoin recovered from an overnight dip December 20th as Japan's central bank sparked chaos on the global financial markets, which you can see here in the Bitcoin one-hour candle chart. Data from Cointelegraph Markets Pro and TradingView showed Bitcoin returning to near $17,000 after falling over 3% through the course of December 19th. The largest crypto benefited from the flash US dollar weakness, this coming on the back of a surprise policy tweak from the Bank of Japan. Long a deflationary environment with ultra-low interest rates, Japan woke up to a sea of change on the day as policymakers lifted the cap on bond yields. The yen instantly gained against the US dollar, while Japan's Nikkei plummeted. Now, reacting, Bitcoin analysts were anything but jubilant despite the short-term benefits of the king crypto. Japan seemingly to follow the U.S. in attempting to tame inflation, good luck with that, have unleashed a can of worms, which would only become apparent later. They said that's what happens when you artificially surprise the free market, says Arthur Hayes, the former CEO of BitMEX. And he also says it blows up in your face. Expert 10-year JPG yields to trade at the 0.5% yield ceiling once USD liquidity falters in quarter one, 2023. Yatsa or Yatse. I don't know how to pronounce that one. Hayes had previously written about the central bank practices of yield curve control, YCC, which at the time he said was irreversible once it started. In a further post, also focused on the Bank of Japan ownership of Japanese bonds, now above 50%. So in this scenario, he said, was reminiscent of the last days of the defunct exchange. FTX, quoting him here, it's like the Bank of Japan has taken lessons from FTX, the ex-CEO, San Bankman-Fried. When you own over 50% of a market, it is, is it even a market anymore? FTT equals JGB. So there you have it. Now, other responses were no less frank in their appeal of the Bank of Japan with Marty Bent, founder of crypto media company TFTC, likening the move to having pulled a Leroy Jenkins on the global financial system, quoting him here, a minor policy tweak has huge implications that will take tweaks or weeks to play out. Part of his remarks uh, shared, Bank of Japan was the last low yield holdout. And now that changes spike in rates, stock lower for weeks plus 
the chaos. Now the Japan story fed into an already fervent narrative over the dollar strength, thus hitting six-month lows earlier in December. The perfect storm for a U.S. dollar top has formed, said popular analytics account TED Talks Macro. The U.S. dollar index thus abandoned its attempt at a sustained recovery on intraday timeframes, retreating to lows under 104 on the day. As quoted here, major central banks are now playing catch-up to the Fed, including the most dovish or dovish of the Bank of Japan. The race to tame inflation outside of the U.S. is on. And the U.S. looks to have already done it. So there you have it. What are your thoughts surrounding this? Let me know. And I thought it was important to point out a recent tweet by Elon Musk. He he actually polled all of Twitter asking if he should step down as CEO and wrote, the question is not finding a CEO. The question is finding a CEO who can keep Twitter alive. And I love this response by Edward Snowden, who straight up tells Elon, I take payment in Bitcoin. If Elon was to step down, I couldn't think of a better Twitter head than Snowden, especially getting paid in Bitcoin. So shout out to Snowden and Elon. And with that being shared, welcome everyone just tuning in to today's live show. Our next story of the day is going to be discussing the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. There's been a lot of controversy surrounding this, and also they've been attempting to turn it into an ETF, which would be a spot ETF for the United States, which would be massive for Bitcoin adoption, uh, especially here in the U.S. However, there are some things going on, so let's break down how this is likely to play out. According to this latest report, the crypto asset management giant Grayscale reportedly considering selling some of its capital back to investors if the firm's plans for exchange-traded funds don't work out. According to the new Wall Street Journal report, Grayscale Grayscale may explore alternative pathways to returning some of the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust capital back to shareholders should the company's plans for Bitcoin back ETF fall through. And according to a letter sent to investors from Grayscale Chief Executive Michael Sunshine, options may include a tender offer for up to 20% of the outstanding shares of the $10.7 billion billion or trust. The Grayscale Trust was set to give institutional investors an easy and regulated method of exposure to the king crypto. It is currently trading at a very steep discount and an all-time high of over 50% below the spot price of BTC. The news comes on the heels of the FTX exchange implosion, which has shaken investor trust in the crypto industry and triggered increased scrutiny of the finances of crypto exchanges. Back in October, Grayscale made legal moves against the U.S. SEC, alleging that the SEC is showing by Bias towards bids for a Bitcoin ex- uh, exchange traded fund, better known as an ETF. And in so doing so, the commission had abandoned its investor protection mandate, and it has abused its discretion by engaging in arbitrary and capricious uh, practice of picking winners and losing among investment products. Now, that's very interesting, and I agree with Grayscale there. I mean, we need a spot Bitcoin ETF. Why are regulators denying it? Gary Gensler, where you at? And quoting the Grayscale CEO here, Bitcoin is for people around the world who are being directly harmed by the governments who control their money. Preach. So what do you think is likely to come out of that? Do you think a spot Bitcoin ETF will likely get approved anytime soon, potentially in 2023 or 2024? Or do you think the regulators will prevent that from happening to keep the uncertainty and fear in the market? Let me know your two Satoshis in the comments right down below, which takes us to our next story of the day. Let's now discuss the BlockFi funds being returned to investors, which this is breaking news and very important to share. Bankrupt crypto lending platform BlockFi filed a motion requesting authority from the U.S. bankruptcy court to allow its users to withdraw digital assets 
assets currently locked up in BlockFi wallets. In a new motion filed December 19th, which was yesterday, with the U.S. bankrupt court in the District of New Jersey, the lender asked the court for authority to honor client withdrawals from wallet accounts that have been frozen on the platform since November 10th. So more power to them So for trying to do the right thing, right? The court documents also request permission to update the user interface to properly reflect transactions as the platform's pause. And in a widely shared email sent to affected users, BlockFi called the motion an important step towards our goal of returning assets to clients through our Chapter 11 cases. Quoting them here, it is our belief that clients... Uh, unambiguously own the digital assets in their BlockFi wallet accounts. And according to BlockFi, this motion will not impact withdrawals or transfers from BlockFi interest accounts, which remain paused at the moment. And the lending platform also signaled intentions to seek similar relief from the Supreme Court of Bermuda with respect to BlockFi wallet accounts held at BlockFi International. Now, BlockFi International is a subsidiary of the company based in Bermuda, which runs its non-U.S. operations. Now, crypto blogger Tiffany Fong shared the communication sent to her by BlockFi on December 19th, commenting that the embattled firm appears to be moving much faster than Celsius, thank God, right? Which filed for bankruptcy over five months ago compared to BlockFi bankruptcy filing just this November, quitting her here. Wow, BlockFi has already filed a motion requesting client withdrawals for assets held in BlockFi wallet accounts. BlockFi is moving exponentially more quicker than the Celsius network in Chapter 11. And according to the court documents, a hearing to decide if the motion will be granted is scheduled for January 10th, which is about a couple of weeks out. And a separate hearing regarding wallet accounts held at BlockFi International is scheduled to go before the Supreme Court in Bermuda, January 13th. Now, BlockFi halted client withdrawals and requested clients not to deposit the BlockFi wallets or interest accounts on November 11th, citing a lack of clarity around FTX. And by November 28th, BlockFi filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy for the company and its eight subsidiaries. And BlockFi International filed for bankruptcy with the Supreme Court of Bermuda on that same day. So there you have it. At least they're trying to do something to return these user funds. It's very unfortunate. The downfall of Block was being bailed out by FTX and FTX ultimately scammed them. They took all of the user assets off of their platform and sent it to like FTX or Alameda and then immediately filed for bankruptcy, ultimately screwing all the investors of BlockFi. So thank Sam Bankman-Fried for that one. But I hope and I pray that all the losses are returned, obviously, and I hope things work out for the investors, which is most important. And it's the investors that the regulators, such as Gary Gensler and the SEC, supposed to be protecting. So hopefully they do their job. You know what I mean? Because it is an absolute clown show going on right now in the crypto market, to say the least. But now let's discuss our next story of the day. Ethereum co-founder Vitalik Buterin reveals what are the big things ahead for crypto in 2023. Check it. Ethereum co-founder Vitalik shares three huge opportunities yet to be realized in crypto, which include mass wallet adoption, inflation-resistant stablecoins, and Ethereum-powered website logins. During an interview with the Bankless co-founder or co-owner, David Hoffman, Buterin shared his outlook for the crypto industry for next year, responding to Hoffman's raised concern that the adoption wave for decentralized applications is now over, now that there is less opportunity for developers to come in and build new decentralized apps. Buterin instead shrugged off the limbo period that Hoffman alluded to, firstly suggesting that more developments need to be made on wallet infrastructure to make crypto easier for everyday people to use and ensure that it is capable of onboarding billions of users, quitting them here. If you can make a 
wallet that a billion people will use. That is a huge opportunity, the Ethereum co-founder said. Secondly, Buterin said that the creation of a hyperinflation-resistant and globally accessible stablecoin that can withstand all types of conditions, both on-chain and in the broader macro economy, would be revolutionary for the industry. As he shares here, if you can make a stablecoin that can actually survive anything up to and including a U.S. dollar hyperinflation, that is a huge opportunity as well if you can create something that will feel like a lifeline for everyone going through that situation. And Buterin, though, did not offer any technical suggestions as how that would be achieved. I mean, it sounds great in theory, right? But can they actually put it to use? And lastly, Buterin said any technical developments that contribute towards Ethereum, taking login powers away from Facebook, Google, and Twitter, and other centralized monopolies would ultimately enable Ethereum to capture more market dominance on internet-based applications. Quoting him here, if you can get signed in with Ethereum to work and you could unseat Facebook, Google, and Twitter, and the login over lords of the internet that itself is a huge opportunity right and buterin did however state that the opportunity to fill market gaps was becoming less obvious due to increasing competition and the maturation of the market and the ethereum co-founder appears to have spent the last few weeks sharing his learnings and advice for the crypto space including his optimism about the three years ahead in the industry buterin stated on december 5th that blockchain-based identity decentralized autonomous organizations better known as DAOs, and hybrid apps also excite him about the future of Ethereum and decentralized technologies. And a few days earlier, December 3rd, Ethereum co-founder iterated the importance for traders to take long-term view by focusing more on technical developments rather than on price. And following the collapse of FTX, Buterin advised traders and investors on November 21st to consider the level of human influence that can be exerted over a protocol and to put more trust in open and transparent code than humans. So there you have it. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the Ethereum co founder and what are your thoughts surrounding his big opportunities for 2023 i'll let your boy in the comments and that now takes us to our next story of the day the latest saga of the ongoing drama unfolding surrounding ftx and their co-founder uh bankman fried or i should say their ex-ceo so check this out here we go. According to a number of reports on Monday, SBF was transferred back to Fox Hill Prison. That's right. After a confusing turn of events in court, according to the local island media publication, The Tribune, SBF's local lawyer, Jerome Roberts, appeared at odds with SBF's U.S. legal team. The Wall Street Journal reported the same day. The Tribune and other reports detailed that SBF had mentioned to the judge he has not yet seen his U.S. indictment. Robert was allegedly unaware that his client SBF was supposed to be in court on Monday as well. I did not request him to be here this morning, Roberts proclaimed to the court. Now the Tribune, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and Reuters all detail that SBF's lawyers have hashed out plans for the FTX co-founder's extradition to the United States. Uh, reports further elaborated that Bankman Freed only spoke with the judge, Magistrate Shaka Serville, two times during the entire hearing. And at one point, SBF supposedly closed his eyes and fell asleep during the hearing, only to be justly awake by one of the courtroom officials awakened. And the Reuters witness told the publication that SPF was allowed to speak to his U.S. attorneys over the phone. And here's a picture taken where he looked visibly shaken. Various reports claim this visibly shaken SPF in court wearing a blue seat, blue suit, white shirt, dress shoes, very disheveled. NBC reporter wrote, he was often seen with his head in hands, knees shaking, holding a manila folder. The courtroom is full, number packed with media and folks in the crypto community. The Bahamas Deputy Director of Legal Affairs, Franklin Williams, called the court proceedings incredible. 
and a number of reports expressed that SBF needed to review his indictment before deciding on whether or not he would be extradited. And by the end of the confusing ordeal, SBF was led to black corrections then with his paperwork in which I saw uh, BitBoy actually watch him leaving the court in that van. His legal team in the U.S. hopes to have everything resolved by Tuesday after SBF left the court and Bahamian lawyer Roberts noted that as far as the extradition is concerned, counsel will prepare the necessary documents to trigger the court. The Bahamian magistrate Seville is said to have conveyed to the press that the courtroom appearance by SBF on Monday was basically a wasted day before remanding him back to Fox Hill Prison after SBF read his indictment. A person familiar with the matter told the Wall Street Journal that SBF agreed to be extradited and plans were being fleshed out by his legal team after the day's court proceedings, and Roberts further spoke to the local Eyewitness News at Long Wharf Inn, the Bahamas, near the entrance of Arqua Cay, and he told reporters that his legal team is now preparing the necessary legal documents for extradition, adding that he hoped SBF would be returned to the court this week. While some reports say that SBF will be back in court on Tuesday, others cannot confirm whether or not this is true. So there you have it. Do you feel that SBF is likely to return? Turn to the United States, or do you think he'll be stuck in the Bahamas at Fox Prison, Fox Hill, which is considered one of the most dangerous or nastiest prisons out there? Let me know your honest thoughts in the comments right down below. And of course, I'll be keeping you posted with these latest developments as they are received, which leads us to our final story of the day. Here is a bullish price prediction for both Bitcoin and Ethereum heading into the new year for 2023, as well as 2024 is when we get extremely bullish. So let's now break down our final story of the day, shall we? The Real Vision CEO, Raul Powell, says that 2024 will be a great year for the top two digital assets by market cap. In a new interview with crypto influencer Scott Melker, the macro guru says he envisions 2024 to be a strong bullish year for both Bitcoin and Ethereum. According to Powell, current market conditions in a way mirror those found in 2018 prior to the stock market and crypto bottom, suggesting that digital assets should see significant gains in the next 18 to 24 months due to rising adoption date, uh, rates. Quoting him here, as soon as the Fed pivoted, it was complete change in markets. 2018 has seen kind of falls we see now, about 20 to 30% falls. It was sharp. It was nasty. And everyone was terrified. And then what happened was the Fed went, okay, sorry, yep, we see the economic data is falling apart. Inflation's coming lower, so we're going to stop. I think the S&P 500 did 15%. Oil did something about similar, and then the NASDAQ did about 20%. Exponential age stocks, the growth technology stocks, did about 24%. Bitcoin in nine months did about 300 or 400% as Ethereum did. So these were staggering gains that came out of the environment. I have always referred to it as a beach ball being kept underwater because the adoption trend is still there. Great metaphor. You ever try to take a beach ball underwater and it just rises and pops right back up. Powell says that Metcalf's law is the reason why he believes that Bitcoin and Ethereum will shine starting next year. Metcalf's law states that the value of a network is directly related to the number of its users that it has. Quoting Paul. What's fascinating about adoption trend this time around, particularly in Ethereum, is the volumes have remained reasonably high. The number of active users has remained high. The total value transacting, which is the other part of Metcalf's law equation, has actually come down as the price of NFTs have come down. But the other measures to look like it's robust. In 2018, we saw much higher fall in daily active users because it was earlier in the network adoption phase. But this time around, we get to build on top of what we built on from last cycle. So that makes me very very constructive overall. So here, 
they're on the long-term adoption cycle where Metcalf's law kicks in, and this is the thing that drives exponential gains. Every time we go to this situation, we get to new highs within about 18 months, maximum two years. So I am expecting 2023 to be a decently good year and 2024 to be an extremely good year. So there you have it. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the macro guru. And to watch this recent video he did, check the show notes, blow the video in the description, and let me know your thoughts. Holla at your boy. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode.